Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired is produced in association with Jazz Times. New Orleans Jazz Fest, which should be happening as we speak, has been canceled because of COVID. So we're having our own little jazz fest to celebrate this wonderful city by revisiting my 2016 conversation with one of my favorite New Orleans musicians, vocalist composer John Boutte. John, like many of his fellow New Orleanians, grew up surrounded by music in the streets and in his home, but rather than immediately going into music professionally, he went on to a career in the military after graduating with a degree in business. With influences ranging from Stevie Wonder to Nat Cole, John's vocal style is swinging and unique. John wrote and sang the theme for the HBO series Treme, but sees the fame he's gained from this as giving him freedom to make the music he wants, rather than as a road to stardom. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. John and I got together in New Orleans at the Historic Preservation Hall in the French Quarter. I started by asking him why, after growing up in a musical family, he decided to pursue a degree in business, not music. I don't know how musical the family was. They had talent, of course. Oh, now that is really interesting. Yeah, you know, they really had talent, but when, when, when I think about it, you know, the generation maybe before... You know, uh, uh, and before that, uh, they were musical. Of course, everybody played either mandolin or piano or uh, some kind of instrument, you know, uh, in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. But my mother didn't play. My father didn't play. My father had a great voice. And he had uh, an impeccable intonation. His tone, he could whistle in key, although he never played any instrument. He had a beautiful whistle and a booming voice, really, a just incredible voice. They they realized that music was uh, essential to a person's uh, personal growth. And uh, they didn't want you to be a musician, but you could play music, you could study music, but just don't be a musician, <laughs> right? Because musicians were all, you know, weirdos, alcoholics, you know, drug addicts, freaks, and, you know, I'm only three out of four. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's interesting because I was able to sneak into it because it never occurred to my parents that I would do it. You know, you're living here in New Orleans and they're thinking you knew a lot of musicians, you know, just by being on the street I didn't so as you're saying this I'm thinking my parents never said don't be a jazz musician because it never occurred to them that I would be so I sort of snuck in (laughs) well I was I was surrounded by musicians my father was a barber Uh, he worked in the post office he was a fisherman a hunter a golfer he a a carpenter Uh, he did he was a, a provider of 10 children and a wife and we never wanted for anything. He was a good man, really good man. But music wasn't in the mix. He wanted to be a lawyer. He wanted me to be a lawyer. I didn't want to be a lawyer because I didn't want to argue all my life. 
I wanted to do something. I really wanted to go. At college, I wanted to uh, take music right away, but I listened to my older sisters and everyone else who said, oh, well, you need that old cliche, something to fall back on. I always say, I'm like, gosh, man, if you're falling back, you're in the wrong direction. So, yeah, I went along and I did it. And, you know, there's no regrets because you have to, you have to be have business savvy to deal with this industry, and especially if you're a band leader uh, and you really want to make a living at it, you better know business. Who's going to do your taxes? I think it's gonna, brilliant. Yeah, I would if I were everybody. I know a few people that have taken marketing, which certainly is helpful. But I would think a business degree is a great thing, especially in the music business, which is so murky. Right. It's not as even clean as other business where it's very straightforward. Right, right. There's no there's no for sale signs like you go into a meat market and you know that uh, you can buy the beef for a certain price or whatever. It's all uh, subjective. Mm. So you can, you know, you can go and you can negotiate uh, your prices. And some people don't think you're worth what you think you're worth. So you have to know how to do that you have to know and how to dealing do that. with and you have to have people. the confidence also to go and say nope this is what it's going to take because logistically and economically i have to provide for the guys i have to provide for myself i'm going to be on the road i'm away from my home i'm risking life and limb to get to wherever i have to go it's a new boss every time it's a new boss every time you don't know what kind of situation so the contracts have to be a certain way you just have to it's a roll of the dice, right? But that kind of makes it interesting because it's not the same uh, thing every time. It's good when you find good promoters and people uh, you can go to and they're consistent and you know they're going to be consistent and take care of you. But sometimes, you know, there's a couple of rotten apples in a barrel. But, you know, you just take the good with the bad and keep rolling. If I live next door, if I live next door, we would sleep less, but you'd see me more. If I live next door, there's one thing for sure, you wouldn't have far to score. Could bang on my wall to make a bootay call. If I live next door Cause I'm a good neighbor I'm a good friend I'm a good neighbor You're in good hands When it starts to rain I'll come and clean your drain Takes all night to tighten up your pipes. Uh, you won't hear me complain. Cause I'm a good neighbor. I'm a good friend. I'm a good neighbor. You're in good hands. 
into my kitchen, baby While I whip up something fast Stuff your oyster pie, baby Just draw the shit so no one sees our ass Well, if I live next door If I live next door You can come on by Bring a friend or four If I live next door It's open house, baby If I live next door I'd like to see you a little more Won't you be my neighbor? You're saying something that's interesting, too, because people always tell the the stories that people want to hear about the road and that it's parties and women and it's blah, 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 blah. What I find interesting, especially since this is a show about inspiration and creativity, as you were talking, I was thinking that people who make it in this business, when I say make it, I mean enjoy themselves, make quality art and make a living at it. Mm -hmm. That's what I consider success. They have to be people that can take these situations and not just make a funny story out of them, but how do they use that setting for inspiration in another way? And how do they use that in some way? You can't always. Some situations are just lousy and you use it in another way. But you specifically told me a story before we started that I think epitomizes this kind of crazy unfolding of it looks like it's going to be one thing, then it's going to be another thing. I'm talking yes. about the gig with the Japanese. Right. Talk about that. That's fascinating to me. Well, yeah, you know, you have to be ready uh, for different... You're not always going to play the big music hall. You're not going to be at uh, uh, um, uh, Massey uh, Hall in Toronto or Carnegie Hall in uh, New York. Et cetera, et cetera, right? You know, you might not have the big stage at the festival, right? So you just have to enjoy what you're doing and you have to uh, make it where you can make it. That doesn't mean that sometimes you may make more money at a place that you never thought you were going to make the money at compared to the big stage, for instance the gig I did for a Japanese company that were introducing a brand new toilet. Right? <laughs> right? And, uh, and uh, did you know that going in? I did because I was I was interested. I want to know when I'm working for a client, I want to know what they, what was their business so I could sing appropriate songs. I don't want to step on anybody's toes, uh, you mm -hmm. know. And how did they come to you? Were they just fans of yours, well, or what were I'll they looking for? With you, that was 1993. I could not even tell you. <laughs> no, it's it was, interesting. I think it was a friend, uh, 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 a friend who uh, was hosting the party mm -hmm. knew me. Mm -hmm. They didn't know me, mm -hmm. but they needed mm -hmm. music. So, mm -hmm. and it was a, a Persian lady who designed this Japanese this toilet that does everything. You just sit on it, man, and you know, I mean, you. you, you <laughs> <laughs> it does the, and it's just it was to me at that time in '93. I'm like, really, this is this is incredible, man. I mean, you know, you can't, uh, you don't have to, all you do is sit and you walk out. You don't have to you do have, anything. 
anything else. <laughs> no smells. I'm like, really? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's, uh, that's a little bit beyond me, right? Uh, but, that's uh, funny. But that's the range of things that we do. Jordan, I've been thinking about what I've been doing. Lord knows it ain't pretty low. Nose I blew it. I gotta go. I gotta go. I was thinking this morning, knowing I was going to talk to you, about living in this very musical environment, New Orleans, and thinking I'm going to get a little band and that you could go out on the street and have some fun and not have to be, quote, professional and sort of enter into it in a fun way. Unless that's my fantasy. Tell me if I'm wrong. No, well, I I always, I've always uh, created music and played music for fun and uh, for ceremony, et cetera, et cetera. But everybody is just like youth. Fame and youth, they're all fleeting, you know? It's, 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 if you're in for it for the fame, <laughs> it, you know, it's not going to work. Uh, you, you just have to be in it because you really, like my father told me, if you want to be a success, do something that you love. And it doesn't make a difference about money or anything else, right? If you love what you're doing, you're going to be successful because you're going to be happy. You're not going to be miserable about, oh, gosh, man, I got to get up and go do this now, you know. So I took that advice after a couple of years of doing the right thing, you know, trying, you know, trying the business side of everything, you know, being a, a banker, et cetera, et cetera, you know, in the army for, uh, uh, basically active for four years, uh, ROTC, a 10 year career mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with the military. And so, which was not a bad deal also. You, mm-hmm. you learn a lot from I that. learned a lot. It also helped me with taking care of my band because from that yeah. I learned, look, you have to take care of your soldiers and your guys are your Absolutely. soldiers. And if they see you, you know, eating before they ate, uh, mm-hmm. uh, getting a better room than they did. You know I mean? It's, it's just, you have to really kind of like weigh all these things because... You have to stroke guys, mm-hmm. right? And you have to be someone they want to follow. That's exactly right. And it's it's also harder to manage four or five people than it is to manage 400. Because at 400, you can have a distance and with, with uh, individuals. But when you, you know, when you got four or five people in the band, you, you know everything about them. You know their personal lives. And you're traveling with and them, which is a very different kind of intimacy. That's exactly right. And some people don't travel well. Some people travel well. Yeah, some people don't, you know. And if you want to break up a band, take them on the road. Oh, no, <laughs> I know. That's what I tell people when they say they're going to get married. Everyone says to live together. I say, no, take a long trip together. Uh, yeah, and see if you still like each other. Right, because... If you're still loving each other when you get off that road, then you got something special. And I've got something special. I've got some really great guys. I was born by the river in the lit. 
pretend, yeah Just like that river I've been rolling ever since It's been a long Long time coming I know a change gonna come Oh yes it will Well it's too hard living But I'm afraid to die Cause I don't know what's up there Lord, beyond the sky It's been a long Long time coming I know a change gonna come Oh yes it will Well I go my guest vocalist John Boutte on A Change Is Gonna Come. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. No matter how great your bandmates, the excitement and magic doesn't happen without the leader bringing it all together with a particular kind of focused energy. I wondered how John makes this happen. It's a challenge for me every time I, I go out on stage. And when you have a weekly gig, right, People, I think that's harder. It is harder because you can't say to yourself, oh, well, I'm going to be in a great mood on this Saturday night at this time every day, right? You know, every week, you know, for the next you know, five years or whatever. So sometimes you're not. You really, life overcomes you and everything else. But usually what I do, I never... I never, ever write a set list, right? And I know some people that drive some nuts. Your band members? No, not not anymore. They but don't. it used to drive nuts because they yeah, wanted a set list. Do you have oh, a set that's list? Like, no way. I don't do set lists because I may, I may uh, meditate or think about a song, uh, something that I personally want to do before I go to a show. But it's maybe one song. Two at the most. And usually I'm running them through my head because something in the day has, I've got, this is selfishly is something I want to say, right? And if I'm going to be there two hours, I'm going to say something that I want to say, right? But usually I get up on the stage and I just uh, eyeball the audience and, you know, it's a profiling type thing. You look at the age, you look at the demographics. And the vibe. You look at the vibe, you feel like, you feel, and then it's like jumping in the water. And once I get started, you know, it's hard to stop, mm -hmm. right? Because those two hours fly by, like, like, and I don't take any breaks, right? And that's something, you know, usually they do like, most people do like a 45-minute set break. I can't stand doing that because, you know, by 45 minutes, I'm just getting warmed up. You know, and then you have to break and then, you know, you let everybody go and then you have to get their attention again and you have to try and grab that. It's hard. So I'm like, look, guys, use the restroom before you get on stage. Uh, you got to go, go. Uh, but we're going to do a two hour. We're not stopping.
Don't waste your time being angry when a moment is better with a smile. If you feel your time's been wasted, wasted here for a while, standing at that bus stop. Across from crowds, waiting for the driver to take me to my heavenly house. I'll see you there at the foot of Canal Street. What will they wear? At the foot of Canal Street. Will the band be playing? At the foot of Canal Street. What will the people be singing? Talk about some of the people. You have such a wide yes. range of influences, and like you say, your repertoire is large. But it, but in your case, your stylistic repertoire is large. Yes, it isn't just the tunes that you play. Right. So I was interested in a lot of the people that have inspired you, and some of my favorites too. Like you love Stevie Wonder. Love Talk Stevie. about Stevie Wonder because he's so special. Well, he is special. Uh, you know, coming up. Everybody was into into that Motown sound, right? And uh, Stevie was the epitome of that, little Stevie Wonder. And all his tunes, I've, I used to even play some of them on the piano, et cetera, et cetera. So he was really iconic. His lyrics, his soul, his rhythm. Uh, uh, but I did meet him. Uh, uh, back in the early uh, late 80s which changed my life basically he was here to get in uh, at my alma mater to receive his first doctorate in human letters ah. i got a chance to meet him he played my dx7 no. yeah it, it was just great i spent the whole day with him man, and I, I asked him to take me with him you know and he said no <laughs> Take me with you. I asked him three times. He said, no, no. I said, well, man, what do I have to do? And you said, you said patience and uh, uh, perseverance, a determination, basically. You know, just says you got the talent, man. Just be patient, you know, because it's not an overnight thing. As you was talking about, the everybody wants to be an automatic star. It doesn't work like that. Let me tell you, it don't work like Even if you win American Idol, you may not be psychologically prepared for what's coming. Trust yeah. me on No, that. I think that too. Trust I... me, it takes time to, to, to build up to the adoration. It takes time to build up to the uh, disappointments, the Well, rejection. and usually if you go up really fast, right. you come down really fast. And everything else. And you just have to, you have to want to do music because you it's in you and you love music. Always, I, I I sang. I used to sing to my dog, right when I was a kid. I used to drive my my uh, siblings crazy 
singing uh, these little uh, tunes they taught us in grammar school. You just like to sing I just from like the very to beginning. Sing. I like to hear my voice. Did you ever take any kind of training? Never any vocal training. Mm. Never, never any uh, vocal training. Mm-hmm. But I think the music training, I had to learn how to sing those notes on a horn. Mm. So and and, Good and the intervals and intonation. So yeah, well, you're singing on that horn anyway. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think, and when people ask me, do you do you give lessons? And I. I kind of chuckle about it because I've never even had a lesson, right? Mm. Or I don't have the warm-ups. I think the number one thing I've learned over the years is relaxation. Mm. And I I don't talk. I don't. I'm not. I'm not. Uh, I'm talking on the interview here. Right. Right. But, but you're not a big talker. I'm all not the time. a big talker, uh, mm-hmm. especially before my gigs. For you, know, I I can go easily two or three days without opening my mouth, and I feel great about it. And then vocally, I'm I'm really tight. I can't. I don't. I I really envy folks who can just always talk, scream, blah 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 blah, and they can still hit those notes. I can't do it. I have to have vocal rest after my gigs, before my gig, and I have to be in a very relaxed and I tell anybody if you want to sing just speak yeah you just speak in your own voice is basically singing is it's, it's your voice Lolette Lynette Lillian Lorna Lita Lenora my lovely sisters who raised me home I adore ya from your door but I keep in my heart The lesson you taught me when I was a boy in your arms John Boutte on Sisters I'm Judy Carmichael and this is Jazz Inspired I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Our show is made possible in part with generous support from Steinway & Sons. Additional support is provided by Jazz Times Magazine, providing entertaining and provocative coverage of the jazz scene since 1970. On the web at jazztimes.com. 
For a schedule of upcoming programs, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can listen to Jazz Inspired on all the usual podcast platforms and email us at info at jazzinspired.com or visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Stride Queen. Although we broadcast on NPR stations, we're an independent production, not funded by NPR. We're funded primarily by your donations, so please visit jazzinspired.com to chip in. No gift is too small. And please tell your friends about Jazz Inspired and help us spread the word. My guest, New Orleans vocalist John Boutte, is known not only for his soulful performances, but for the unique sound of his voice. Around 17 or so, I thought, you know, I thought I would drop down to a mm-hmm. baritone or mm-hmm. something, you know, at least a, a second tenor. Mm-hmm. And my voice was always high, so I stopped singing for a while because I thought it sounded just too high. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, see, I that's what I love was, about uh, your voice. Right. It's so unusual. And I have no falsetta. Mm-hmm. When most people in a falsetta, that's my natural voice. That's your voice. natural voice. And you know, it freaks me out. I'm, I'm so envious of people who can do a falsetta. You don't need right? to do a falsetta, Right, though. I'm like, oh. You're well, already I'm, there, I'm, I'm, and I'm, you can do all the things you can do without right. it being falsetta. Right, exactly. I love but, you talking about what, you, what you're listening to with that, too, and what you get, because I know singers are always telling me it seems everybody if they listen to jazz they all like Ella Fitzgerald because it's fancy right you know because of all the acrobatics those are always the people that I give a Shirley Horn record uh, I've seen that melody man you yeah know, you know I, there was uh, uh, Edward Frazier Frank Ed Frank one of the incredible incredible uh, New Orleans musicians who's uh, no longer with us but Ed told me once uh, because I I'd sing a Nat King Cole tune, and I thought I, I thought I had, uh, you know, improvised so cool, right? You know, I, was, I thought I was real jazzy, right? Nobody and you know than what? Right? And Ed looked at me, and says, uh, "You know, John, if you can do anything better than the melody that the composer <laughs> intended, then you're a genius." <laughs> <laughs> Just in his like way, right? I was like, "What? Well, I got you, bro. Stick to the melody." <laughs> and people know the melody, right? Yeah. And, and I love songs where I can get people to sing along because yeah. there's nothing more powerful than having all those voices together, man. And people singing along, whether they, whether they think they can sing or not. It's very powerful. Mm. People love to sing. Absolutely. Audiences. If you could, and I, this is my advice to any singers out there. Make sure that you do at least one or two songs on your set that you get the audience, get them to join in with you, man. Mm. Because, you know, it's the it's only powerful. other physical, only other physical intercourse that you could have is intercourse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? And that's what, uh, That's what, and you're on that same vibration that you're singing, and, you're and everybody's. Singing, it's a yeah. physical, your uh, the physicality of their voice, and the physicality of your voice, a meeting. So it's you know it's an intercourse of the voices. So uh, it's 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 powerful. Yeah. <laughs> it's very satisfying. Trust me. Oh 
Nobody has mentioned Judy Garland, and uh, I read that she was one of your influences or a favorite. Well, I, you know what? I, I, of course, The Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm. Who would care didn't see The Wiz, right? right. The Wizard of Oz. Right. And I just, when I started, when I decided I wanted to sing, I just started looking at different singers and stuff, and I looked at Judy Garland, man, and start listening to some of her songs and the way she emoted. This woman sang from her soul. You know, she really, every tune, her her intonation, her phrasing, uh, uh, the songs that she sang were just incredible, you know? And so, yeah, I, I, I loved watching her sing. Forget your troubles, come on, get happy. You better chase all the cares away. Shalalujah, come on, get happy. Get ready for the judgment day. The sun is shining, come on, get happy. The Lord is waiting to take your hand. Shalalujah, come on, get happy. We're going to the promised land. We're heading across the river, throw your sins away in the tide. Sun is shining, come on, get happy Lord is waiting 
Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I'm talking with vocalist John Boutte. I always try to find songs that mean something to me, because if it doesn't mean something to me, then how can I emote it truthfully, you know? I mean, that's I very think, important. I guess I can act it if I was an actor. Yeah, but I like you saying, because I think that's one of the things that I think when I see young singers, a lot of times I think, Somebody should be telling them that that's just not the right tune for them. You know, right. whether they believe it or not, there's there's tunes that I love that I would never sing. People are always, because I've got a low timbre and all this, and people are always saying, why don't you sing some double entendre? You know, like one of these things that would work for a big right. mama. Right, right, exactly. Coming out of me, I'm like, Wouldn't really? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, I can see you doing work. big mama thought, no? Thank you. Uh, which I love Big Mama Thornton. Me too. Right? She's another. But, talk but, about a singer. Yeah, but right? how am I going to believe in but, delivering something like that? Oh, Rosetta Thorpe. That's not Rosetta Thorpe, man. I love, you know. Yeah, but are, I think you've got to be, I love you saying believing in it because I think a lot of, of singers don't think about that. You've got to think about, okay, I love this tune, but is it suited for me? Mm -hmm. And can I believe in it and deliver it from my personal right. experience? It's like when they say writers write about what you know. Uh, I did a gig once uh, where Mel Tomei and uh, Rosemary Clooney mm. were, were uh, on the on the same bill. Oh. And uh, I got... I got to spend some time. Uh, I got to meet Mel Tomei, but Rosemary Clooney was special. Talk about that. That's and interesting. And she sang White Christmas in the middle of July. <laughs> and it was, who would do that? And she brought the house down. That's impressive. She she just brought the house down with White Christmas in the middle of July, you know, and uh, she uh, and of course Mel Tomé, you know, <laughs> that guy, man, he was. You, you look at some of his, he was so cool, right? And what a scatter! It don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. It don't mean a thing, all you got to do is sing. It makes no difference if it's sweet or hot. Give that rhythm everything you've got. It don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing. Something sweet. If it ain't the 
melody It ain't the music There's something else that makes the tune complete It don't mean a thing if it ain't got that swing Don't mean a thing if it ain't got that sway. Do I 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 I opened for uh, Al Jarreau about three years ago. What a great guy he was, and and I I thanked him. I you know I thanked him. I said thank you for having me as your opening act. He says, Oh no no, you are not an opening act, John. You are my supporting act. Oh, I like that. I like that man. It was, he was so cool, and he act. I was sitting in the corner, man, like waiting for him to come off the stage, and he got off on the other end, and I'm like, damn, right. And uh, all of a sudden, this young man comes up to me and he says, uh, uh, my father would like to meet you. And I'm thinking, I have somebody in the audience, right? I'm like, sure, man. Come on, let's go. I guess I won't meet Al, right? And it was Al. <laughs> and he want, you know, and he just wanted to oh, thank me for doing it, man. How lovely. Oh, how lovely. Uh, man, he's live. I think it's, what is it, live in London? He's amazing. He's an incredible, incredible uh, person. And uh, musician, you know? mm. and that's what I find with most of the uh, musicians, the ones who I the really love, they're good people. Because you know what? If you in for if if you're not in for it because you really love it, you're not gonna last. <clears throat> and you were asking about the different genres of music I do. I remember when I first started uh, trying to uh, sing professionally. I was doing a lot of gospel stuff, and uh, then I try. I was doing some soul, some R and B, then moved into more jazz stuff. And people were like, "Oh, you got to, you know, you, uh, you have to, you have to pick one style." And I'm like, "Really? I don't eat the same thing every day, you know. I don't eat the same thing at every meal. I can have a different appetite for different." things and this is what I want to do and luckily like one of my friends who was a, uh, a, a kid in college I say a kid in college because of course I'm an old man now <laughs> uh, this is a couple of years back he was at Tulane he had a bluegrass band and he asked me could I join them with, with their bluegrass and I'm like hmm sure why not? And I loved it. I loved the mandolin. I loved the, the song repertoire uh, that they had. And some of those songs, like, uh, they have a, a incredible, man. So I learned all these bluegrass tunes, right? And uh, I've done reggae uh, with my friend uh, Ben Hunter. I remember I did some reggae on his first reggae record, uh, uh Sang background vocals, mm, but mm -hmm, I kind of mm -hmm. like helped create the uh, write those those uh, melodies for him. I've with Cubanismo, I did Cuban music, right? 
when the New Orleans tinged to it, that was incredible, incredible experience, right? I played with John Schofield, right? And I thought I was gonna be doing jazz and he wanted to do a gospel record. That's a gospel record we did with John Schofield, right? But see, I think that if you've got a distinctive sound and a clear vision, which you obviously do, then it's all John Boutte music. Right. And, and you're not really, that whole thing of different styles and that you're bringing you to it. And one of the great advantages too of having such a distinctive sounding voice, you know who you are well, in the first measure. It's funny because it's one of the online music uh, um, sites. Mm. I don't go online much, right? I guess I have to now to do certain things, you know, but they were asking my profile. Mm, and what they, they said, say. And they asked, they said, well, who do you sound like? And, you know, I used to put, uh, because people come to me and say, man, you know, you sound a little bit like Donna Hathaway. Mm. You sound a little bit like uh, Little Willie John. You sound a little bit like uh, 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 Jimmy, uh, Little Jimmy Scott. You sound like... Uh, you sound like Casey Kasem. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, yeah, I, so I, you know. Uh, they need something to pin it they say, on. Oh, you sound like some, uh, 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 you sound like a, you sound like a girl. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Oh, <laughs> right? they, need, they need a handle. But, they need it. So what I do is, what I've, what I've started doing is when they ask me, who do I sound like? I just put John Boutte. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> Well, I know and I why sound not? like me. No, they're trying to I, put it, I, and yeah. then they goof it up. In fact, right. I was just telling a friend of mine this morning that someone sent it to me, and it was so funny because they online it said um, Judy Carmichael, and it said contemporaries, contemporaries, <laughs> because they didn't have the right vocabulary. Right. Fats Waller, thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, really, and they couldn't. No, not a contemporary. You yeah, know, it was. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, but yeah. it was really funny because so they're mixing it all up. Yeah, but I, you know, I was reading, and I know uh, I was looking up a little bit about you. And, uh, anytime Leroy Jones says that you're a wonderful stride player, I know you can play that. <laughs> Leroy's the guy.
So tell me about your Treme experience. It changed my life. It changed my life from the standpoint. It changed it and it kept it the same, mm. which I really love because I never expected those guys to come. I never expected anybody to pick up one of my songs for a major motion picture, or rather a major television series. Uh, but when they called, I was I was a little bit shocked, but I was very pleased. And what they basically did was they gave me they gave me the freedom financially because I own those tunes. Ah. They they gave me the freedom, you know, not to retire, of course, but at least the freedom. To pick and choose what I wanted to do now. That's huge. Right? That's exactly. huge. So, so you, if they called from, not that I wouldn't go sing for somebody who was promoting the Japanese toilet, you understand? I hear you. I would still go for it. Or a job is a job. But there's certain gigs that, you know, I can, I can be a little bit more selective, right? And it's not like I don't want to work. I do want to work. But I don't want to overwork myself, and I don't want to be overexposed, man. I don't want nobody wants to see me every day. I don't want to see myself every day. Well, and it's also the time off. You need the to time replenish off. yourself. To God forbid, have a life right, you separate have to from have this a, music. Right, exactly. But also the time I find to create something new. Right. I need time to just get away, well, be alone, be quiet, right. and see if I can push it to the next level. Right. It goes to we push ourselves in a way on the gig, and we push ourselves a very different way on our own when we're putting things together. And that's what a lot of times we don't have time to do if all we're doing is working. If you if you always if you're always giving it out there, you don't have enough time to 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 try and digest stuff and get things and listen and just be quiet and get ideas from you know the way people talk and what they say and and to listen and just be quiet. I love quiet time. Trust me, man. I really do. And um, but back to the Trimmy, they everybody on that on that uh, show and everybody involved were were just incredible. They were just really beautiful people. They were kind to me, uh, and they really wanted to give me a bigger role in in uh, in a lot of spots. And I think. They found it a little odd that I didn't want to take anymore, right? And and my reasoning was simple. There's a big old pie there. I have a piece, you know. I come from a big family, right? You know, you can't you can't t have it all, right? You got to share it around, man. You know. So I got they did they did me very well. And uh, uh, they changed my life, like I said. They changed it for the better because they also gave me a, a national audience and now an international audience. And I met some wonderful uh, people who worked with them, writers, uh, uh, actors, uh, uh, 
sound people, you know, the whole cast, man. Everybody, you know, from people who were in catering to the lighting people, the directors, everybody was just, and it was sensitive to the whole story. Mm. And I always wondered why they took that song. And then I realized there was no other song that mentioned for me. <laughs> if there is, please tell me about it. Right? Uh, okay, that's great. In fact, I thought I was the only one. I thought I had. I was the only one uh, who had put bug jumping in a song, right? Mm. But I realized, you know, who else has that in there? Is it Fats? No. Who? The Grateful Dead. Oh, for the first time is the hard, uh, hardest time that you worry anymore. But when life da 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 dee, there's danger at your door. Da da dee da 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 da. Uncle John's band, right? It's a bug jumpers choice, my friend. Better take my advice, something like that. Mm -hmm. But I said, hey, wow. I stole that lyric. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't oh, know the song, probably, know. Uncle John's it band. It comes right? in there yeah. subconsciously. But, but I asked also, I was like, I was very inquisitive. Why Why that tune out of all the tunes? Mm. And the music supervisor, Blake uh, Lay, wonderful guy, told me, says, Johnny says, because the song is about New Orleans, and you never mention New Orleans. Oh. You never mention, you never mention the uh, Calliope, the streetcar, the river. All the cliches. You, you never met, I didn't realize that. Yeah, you just paint the picture. I thought, personally, I thought it was because of sex and death. Because those are the two things that sell. Mm. Those are the two things that people right. usually are born and go to their grave never understanding mm -hmm, right mm -hmm. and i thought because in the opening lines of the trimmy you know the lyrics mm -hmm. it's hanging in the trimmy watching people sashay well i mean hanging like we hang it out mm -hmm. but hanging mm -hmm. could also be a lynching mm -hmm. subconsciously mm -hmm. i'm maybe overthinking mm -hmm. this right right so there's your death mm -hmm. on the first line Watching people sashay, mm -hmm. I'm a voyeur, you know, watching somebody walk sexy, pass, you know, there's your sex. Mm -hmm. In the first two lines, boom. Well, you can't miss with that. <laughs> 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 but I think it was just a fact that I didn't mention all, all no, the No, it's cliches. fantastic. <laughs> we were just talking about it earlier today, about and all the things shot. And it's got a groove, man. It grooves. Yeah. That's, it's a silly groove, man. You know? We well, got sex, and we were death, very and a happy. groove. And and everybody was very relaxed and happy when we recorded it because it was like the last tune we put on a record. And nobody, you know, it was like it was just a little silly. You did it, and you, did you know? It. it was like let's do this and we're out of here. <laughs> fantastic! This is this is fantastic. I'm mm -hmm. so glad that we got together in this beautiful spot. I love talk about where Hall. we're at Preservation Hall. Those are the Rockmore paintings that I always found interesting on the wall and on my last CD, which is all about everything. Ah. My producer's sister painted this and tell me that's not Rockmore, huh? It's great. 
Ta-da! I love it. <laughs> it's perfect. John's holding up his CD so I can see this picture. I'm narrating for our radio audience. This is great. And you're great. Thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank I you, can't Judy. wait to hear you again in person. Now well, that I get to see you in person, I've heard you, but see you on stage. All right. Well, we'll I'll be, uh, just come on and look for me, you know. I'll find you. Yeah, you'll find me. Just, you find me out there. I will. <laughs> thank you so much. And thank you. You've been listening to my conversation with John Boutte. I hope you'll join me here next time when I talk with another creative person about how jazz has inspired their life and work. I'm Judy Carmichael, the host and producer of Jazz Inspired. My production engineer is Curtis Hydoff. You can download podcasts of Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired from all the usual podcast platforms or listen at jazzinspired.com. Jazz Inspired is sponsored in part with generous support from our listeners and Paige at 63 Main in Sag Harbor, New York. Serving organic microgreens and vegetables grown on their own energy-efficient indoor and outdoor aquaponic farms. Better taste, happier planet. Visit Paige at 63 Main at opentable.com. Our opening music was airmail special, and the mid-break music is a smooth one from my CD, High on Fats and Other Stuff. The closing music is Old Fashioned Love from my CD trio. I'm on piano with Mike Hashem on sax and Chris Flory on guitar. For more information, visit jazzinspired.com or judycarmichael.com. <laughs>